What is going on, everybody? Guys, welcome back to the show. First off, just want to remind you how incredibly grateful and thankful we are to have you here with us today. Guys, episode 230. Guys, joining me on the show today is none other than Bodie Aldridge. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat with this conversation. Bodie is a transformational coach, facilitator, and speaker who is passionate about supporting men to experience true freedom and ignite their inherent magnificence. He has been trained by renowned leaders in traditional teachings and contemporary leadership development. And he has spent the last 20 years supporting sustainable change in organizations and industry around the world as a business coach and consultant. In this episode, you can expect to learn the importance of understanding the interconnectedness of the masculine and the feminine energies. And we're gonna discuss the five pillars of the contemporary hero's journey and how you can identify the guide that you need in your life to help you break through and experience everlasting freedom. We talk about how to embrace the full range of emotions and states of being rather than seeking constant happiness. We're going to help you find the connection between passion and purpose so that you can live a purpose-driven life, guys. And we talk about the importance of doing the work and cultivating a daily practice to tap into joy and experience freedom within yourself, guys, and so much more. Guys, one of the things we really explore a lot in this conversation is the hero's journey, which is, in my opinion, the foundation of so many of the greatest stories that we learned through our childhood. And it's amazing to see how this journey plays out in our own lives. So as you're listening today, I want you to begin to think about where are you at in your life right now? Where are you at in this journey? And what steps do you need to begin to take in the journey so that you can find your purpose, find your passion, and go on to live the freedom that you ultimately deserve, guys? But real quick, before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you how incredibly grateful we are to have you here with us, guys. And we have seen some tremendous growth over the last couple of months. And it's all because of you guys out there supporting and sharing this show. So if you haven't done so yet and you want to see us continue to rise up the ranks, so that we can bring you higher quality guests, better quality production, and continue to provide you with the tools and insights you need to break through in your life. Take a moment here today and leave us a five-star rating and written review. But more importantly, somebody is going through some of the things that we discuss in this conversation, and you believe that this podcast can help them, do us a favor and do them the blessing by sharing today's episode with as many people as possible. Without further ado, guys, let's get into today's conversation with Bodie Aldridge. How you can find freedom in your own hero's journey. We love you guys. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Superhuman Life. I'm your host, Frank Rich, and this is the only podcast in the world that is dedicated to helping men level up in the five key areas of life. Each week, we bring you real and raw conversations with the world's leading experts in faith, fitness, finance, family, and freedom to provide you with real actionable tools to break limiting beliefs take action, and shatter the glass ceiling on your life's potential. So jump on board and join me on this journey as we dive into today's conversation and unlock the keys to you becoming the man you were born to be and creating your own superhuman life. Buddy, I think you both and I would agree that most people want freedom in their life. But as you and I know, through the men that we work with, most of the men are shackled by something or slave or not really experiencing the, the true freedom in your experience what is it that people have wrong when they are thinking about pursuing freedom and what is the thing that's keeping them from actually breaking through so freedom the distortion of freedom so on the hero's journey yep if we think about the masculine energy and the feminine energy the deepest desire for the masculine energy is freedom yep and most men are in their masculine energy the deep desire for the feminine energy is connection connection and love, connection and love. So we've got this polarity. And so as men, as young men, we think freedom lives outside ourselves. It's the fundamental driver of our masculine energy. And as young men, particularly in our 20s, we're looking for it somewhere outside. We go to India, we go on a surf trip, we go and perform because we think somewhere I'm going to find the Holy Grail. Yeah? And again, the hero's journey is about searching for the Holy Grail. And what occurs is that as we explore this search externally, for some men, they realize that, ah, it's inside of me. Yep. 
true freedom lives inside of me. The great story is the young man looks for the grail outside and then one day realises it was on the bedside table all along. Yep. And all you have to do is the combination of the inner and the outer work. And so true freedom, and interestingly, that's the podcast I launched um, earlier this year, is the name of the podcast, is True Freedom. Essentially, the two pieces to the puddle, one is freedom from, so freedom from suffering, freedom from the inner critic, freedom from the triggers, freedom from all of the suffering that we experience in this human third dimension. And freedom is our innate state. So when you start to do the deeper work, when you really present yourself, you realize that deep inside of us, the essence of us is free, free to choose, free to create. Yep. And that's the dance. That's the hero's journey. Yeah, no, that's great. Gives us a lot to, to, to really unpack here. Um, just in that, you know, first two minutes, right? Um, you said so many just, I mean, really key, key things here. Um, I want to talk about the, the hero's journey. Obviously, I want to get back to this freedom from and freedom within. but you know, you, you, you talked about the hero's journey and, and we've had various conversations, you know, we're 230 episodes in. So this has been touched on a little bit, but I don't think anybody has been able to go as deep as I know you can. I think when most people hear the hero's journey, they think of this mythological story, right? You know, it's kind of a foundational story that so many great other stories have been built upon. I mean, you look at some of the early Disney stuff, you know, you can even look at like the story of Jesus. And some people point to that as like the ultimate hero's journey. But what I hear you talk about a lot in the work that you do is that every single one of us is living our own hero's journey. Can you kind of unpack a little bit about what you mean there? Absolutely. And as you touched on, so all cultures, yeah, all traditional wisdom knew that there were these um, mythic and collective influences on us, collective consciousness. And of course, you know, the Joseph Campbell work, which has been highlighted many, many times. So what occurs in the collective consciousness is that we are informed by archetypes, we are informed by mythology, we are informed by more than just our individuated self. And the heroine's journey is different to the hero's journey. So what happens is that as men, particularly if we're in our masculine, is that there are these innate drivers. And again, the fundamental is this search for freedom. And there are different initiation points. And I think the contemporary hero's journey, as you touched on, we know this is informing us. You know, the beautiful work, the integral work that Ken Wilber's done really nails an overview of the hero's journey yeah? because a lot of people, you know, the, the Joseph Campbell work is about the departure and the initiation and all of those. But these, these are the five pillars on the hero's journey, yeah? and I'll explain them. I'll give them to you. So it's the wake up, it's the clean up, it's the grow up, it's the show up, and it's the open up. They're the pillars that every man yep, must lean into, yep, to be the best version of himself. And that's all the hero's journey is. You know, I, I work a lot with men who are married, children, mortgages, just guys, builders, lawyers. Yep, it's not about being the first guy to Mars. It's about am I a hero? Am I being the best version of myself with my children, with my marriage, with my business? Again, because a lot of us think we've got to leave yeah, to experience the hero's journey, yet it's it's contrary to that. We're we're in it, whether or not we we want it. Exactly. And one of the fundamental shifts, I had a client recently, Frank, who was, you know, just so wonderful. So one of the fundamental shifts, a lot of people, when you're young, it's about do what brings you joy. The key is to bring joy to what you do. Mm. And so I had a, a, a gorgeous client, you know, I, as you know, I work with with men. And he, you know, he's running a business, he's a busy guy, and he said on the weekends, you know, I just noticed I was tired and I was really resisting playing with the children. And when he got that bring joy to what you do, it just transformed his weekends. He just brought joy to his parenting, to his children, to have fun with them, to remember that. That's the hero's journey. Yeah, it's like understanding that. That that joy is not a, a feeling or an emotion, but it's a it's a it's an operational state of being that you can have and you can be that in any situation. It's not something you're waiting to experience. It's something you have within that you have to bring to the moment. I love that articulation that you shared there. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. It's that joy, peace, and love. It's an inside-out job. That's the journey. 
Yeah. These five pillars. I, I, I love that's just a simplified way of understanding this journey, the wake up, clean up, grow up, show up and open up. Um, I would assume that most of the guys hearing, I mean, we, we, we work with very similar, you know, avatars of, of men. The guys out here are family men. Many of them are building businesses. You know, they're, they're maybe succeeding in the corporate realm, but there's a piece of there. There's kind of like, there's this missing part, right? In these five pillars, where have you found that most men either get stuck or never fully break through? I think to your point, and it starts with the wake up. And again, this isn't linear necessarily. The big one is our identity. Yeah, and there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously great teachers out there now. Like as men, yeah, the wake-up aspect is to realise that my identity isn't caught up in my career or my being a husband or being a father or being a, a lawyer or being a builder. Yeah, we've got to wake up to the fact that we're more than that. That's what we do, but who we are, yeah, and I think that shift for a lot of guys, particularly your audience, if you can just reflect the wake-up piece is waking up to your more than your identity, your more than your pinhead. However, and that's why nature is so powerful. For most of us, particularly men, when we get into nature, we have those moments of presence and oneness. When we realise the mystery, we realise we're more than just our egoic self. That's, that's a fundamental shift. That's it. It's, it's the wake up. So it's, you know, we all, we all know these guys, we have them maybe in our life there, maybe they're a neighbor, maybe they're our brother there. There's, there's something that's keeping them blinded, right? Like they haven't woken up. What I think I heard you say is that's the fundamental piece. That's the most important is waking up because once you wake up, the next four pillars are going to, I don't want to say they're going to fall into place because you got to put in the work. You got to be willing to lean into some of these things, but what keeps most guys from unlocking that true freedom is they never get woken up so how can a guy maybe hearing this does life need to wake him up is there things that we can do to kind of wake ourselves up let's talk about that because it sounds like that's the most important part here so how can a guy wake up yeah i mean fundamentally change comes from inspiration or desperation and so what we find is and on the hero's journey that we're closest to the holy grail at 16 and at 45 and at 45 is the midlife crisis that's when a lot of guys wake up through the desperation of, I've achieved this, I've accomplished this, I'm still not happy. There's still that piece missing. Yeah. It also happens through illness. It happens through divorce. It happens through, you know, all of those areas in our life. I, my invitation and your question is how do we inspire guys? How do we inspire men to wake up? Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally, I think the simplest way, particularly for men, is nature. Yeah. And that can simply be, you know, if you're living in the city, yeah, you know, it's not always easy, but there are ways to get to a park, to get to a tree, to get your feet on the ground, take your shoes off, get, get grounded, get present. Because what you're doing is, if you think about resonance, so Nik Nikola Tesla, yeah, everything is vibration and frequency. Yeah, that's all it is, the law of resonance. So we resonate, Mother Nature resonates at our natural state. It's 453 megahertz or something like that. That's our natural state. Our resonance has been conditioned by busy life, emails, trauma, whatever we've experienced. And so, again, the holy grail is how do I get back to my natural state? How do I resonate yeah, th th through all the practices we do? But one of the quickest ways is nature. Yeah. So that, that will give you, and, you know, as you know, like um, anyone who's been on a two- or three-day hike, or a, a ski trip or a surf trip where it's not just about having fun with your mates. It's about actually doing a bit of silence, a bit of reflection. Yeah. You know, silence and nature can be the most powerful way to just bypass the egoic pinhead. You know, the thinking mind, remember we have 80,000 thoughts a day, most of them are negative. So what we want to do is we want to bypass that somehow to connect with a deeper part of ourselves, to wake up, a different part of ourselves, wake up our hearts, wake up our intuition, wake up our energetic field. That, so I think that for men is one of the simplest ways. And then obviously there's, there's a whole host. I mean, you know, if, you, if, if any of the listeners have already started their journey, what support are you giving your brothers? What reminders are you giving your brothers? Are you staying in the old paradigm where we just catch up and talk about the football 
yeah, or we go cycling, yeah, nothing wrong with that camaraderie is important, but who's having the meaningful conversation? Who's helping your brother wake up through reflection, through vulnerability, through sharing your journey, through your inquiry? Yeah, and there are listeners there, and I encourage them to bring that to the party. Yeah, I love what you did there, man. When when I asked you that question, you kind of, I mean, you helped kind of like rephrase it and kind of look at it through a different lens, right? It's like, it's not how do we help these guys wake up? It's how do we inspire them to go pursue these things? Because if you don't wait, life will wake you up. The divorce papers will show up. Uh, you know, the business will collapse underneath you. You know, you'll you'll show up uh, to work one day and there will be, you know, pink slip waiting on 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 the desk. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll sleep through your kid's life and they'll wake up one day and they're 18 and they're saying, bye dad and never return home. You know, I've talked a lot about recently the, the need for, I've experienced so many men wait till they hit rock bottom, right? It's like, it, 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 it's like, we're so stubborn. It's like our ego, whatever it is, the pride of a man is so against asking for help. I hit rock bottom multiple times in 2018. And, and I mentioned before uh, we hit recorded that I'd launched a podcast last week. And one of the initial episodes was the call to men to begin to take control of their lives. If I can do anything to help a, a man move forward in his life without having to hit that moment, then I feel I've done a good deed because I've seen so many men lose so much, lose marriages, lose businesses, lose income, lose families, tear, tear it apart. So I love that analogy. It's not how do we help these guys wake up? How do we inspire them? to go pursue these things. And you talked about nature, man. Like I, I've had so many moments over these last four years as I've been on this journey myself where I felt closest to God. I felt closest to who he's called me to be sitting on a red chair with, in a river with nothing but woods surrounding me. Like every time I visit uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Georgia, like I'm like, I'm supposed to live here. Like I, I think yeah. I'm supposed to live in these trees. Uh, so there's so much, there's so much to that. Outside of, uh, you know, outside of the nature piece here, um, as we're calling to, to inspire these men, like, what have you found valuable in, in your work to help these men become inspired? So on the classic hero's journey, and I think it's true in the contemporary hero's journey, is um, we find a mentor, we find a guide, you know, we find somebody in our life. Now, in, in a pure state, that can, can be a teacher, it can be a sports coach, it can be a performance coach, yet in the community space, you know, because the village has been dissipated, you know, we don't have those elders and mentors as easily. And so, again, for, for the younger men listening, what I'd say is, like, look at a man that you look up to that you may know in your circle of influence, someone who lives true values, who may be leaning into marriage, mortgage, you know, those sorts of things, and see if you can create relationships and if you're you know one of my big things frank is that you know there's the 55 year old plus men in the white western world need to own their eldership it's not slinking off to the golf course and letting everyone else pick up the crap it's like you guys are the friggin' elders that young men need you've got the time you've got the money you've got the affluence and you've got the influence and so the reverse of that, any of the men listening who are, you know, in that situation have achieved a certain amount in their life, become a mentor, like reach out, just your community, just your neighbourhood. It doesn't have to be formal. Who are the young men you know, who may not have that guidance, may not have that support? Because that's such a power. That's, that's how we did it in traditional cultures. Men in traditional cultures sat around the campfire and learnt from each other. Yeah, we had a great conversation. God, this is going back. It might be almost a year at this point. I don't even recall the number, uh, but we'll get it linked down here for the show notes uh, for you guys. But Matt Zapala. So Matt Zapala is a very successful entrepreneur uh, here in the States in the insurance space, runs a big uh, YouTube channel, money smart guy, wrote a book called Faith Made Millionaire. You know, Matt talks a lot about the three guys that all men need in their life. They need a mentor. They need somebody that's guiding them, right? Like this, the person that they're le learning from, the person that is, you know, three, four steps ahead of them, and they're going to show them how to get there. Then they need the guys or the guy that they're doing life with, right? The guy that is in exactly the same part that you are in right now. The ones that you're fellowshipping with, the ones that you're having these deep, meaningful conversations. Maybe sometimes it is about the sports stuff, right? We're all going to have that fun stuff. But this is a guy that like you're processing real-time issues. So you learn from the mentor, then you take it to the guy you're doing life with. You're like, hey, how can we do this together? But then the third one is what you just spoke to right there. Is all men need somebody that they're guiding, somebody that they're a mentor to. So we're not just learning from people 
we're doing life with people, but then we're passing that on. So we create that legacy component. I love, I, 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 I love that so much. So powerful. I love that. I love that distinction. And again, we know that the, you know, brotherhood, fellowship, men sitting with men, you know, that's why I work just with men. I do online group programs where we dive deeper into these teachings because men need to be witnessed and held. The thing is, it's, it's not that men don't want to be vulnerable. It's that men need to feel safe to be vulnerable. And the fastest way to be safe is to be by presence by another man who can hold you. Yeah, a guy can really create a, a, a frame there. Um, in this mentorship, you had mentioned, you know, find a guy in your circle. Um, do you feel that online type mentorship can be just as valuable and beneficial in this role? Or is this somebody that you need to have that one-to-one in person, like we're locking arms? Like, can online be suffice here? Or does this, is this need to be something that's in person? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's an and. Like I know for me, so I, I surf every day. I live by the beach here in Australia and I surf with my buddies every day. Yet they're not necessarily the guys I sit in circle with in my men's work. Yeah. And so, but we have great fun. We've got shared values. You know, we, we parent together, we converse. So I think it is an end. I think it can be online. I think it can be um, personal. I think the key, and it moves to the next one, which is the cleanup. Yep. The key with the cleanup, as you mentioned earlier, is you've got to do the work. The cleanup is simply you've got to face your shadow. Yeah. And the shadow, remember, 90 to 95% of your day is your subconscious mind. Most people wake up and they're living the same day as yesterday because the subconscious is driving the show. And all we're doing with the cleanup is starting to notice our subconscious. The shadow is just all the parts of your life experience that you've hidden in the cupboard under the stairs that you couldn't deal with at the time as a three-year-old, as a five-year-old, as a 12-year-old. And, and, and the cleanup work is you've just got to shine the light in the cupboard under the stairs. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to bite you. You couldn't deal with it at three, five, seven, whenever, but now's the time. Yeah, to start doing that work with a, with a therapist, with a coach, with a, you know, a, a church fellowship, whatever, whoever is willing to help you shine the light and bring to the surface all the parts that you've held, hidden, the shame, the guilt, the not good enough, all of those things. And that's part of the journey. That, so the hero that the ordeals and trials and tribulations in the mythology is dealing with your shadow. Yep. And you've got to gather the tools as a man on your journey to go, how do I deal with the shadow? How come I get, keep getting triggered by my wife? That's my stuff. How come I don't connect with my children? What do I have to shift? That's the cleanup work. I think I mentioned it at the beginning briefly. I touched about, about uh, Disney. I think the Lions King, maybe you, hopefully you agree, you might disagree with this. I think the Lions King is one of the greatest, uh, you know, modern examples that we have of the journey. I think everybody will, will resonate with this because we've all seen it. We either saw it as a kid or we've watched it with our kids uh, if we're fathers. But the moment where uh, Rafiki comes back into Simba's life, like Simba, you know, bottled this up. He watched his dad die and Scar presented it as this was your fault. And that became the shadow of Simba for the, for the first part of the movie, right? He hid it away. He left the tribe. He got, he partnered up with uh, Tumba and, and Simone, and then he was living this free lifestyle. And then Rafiki comes back into his life, and he presents him with, remember the past. Remember what you're here for. And he shows him the father. And it's like, in that moment, he confronted the shadow. He confronted what he had hidden from his entire life. And that changed the trajectory of the entire movie, but it, it called Simba back to, this is who I am. This is who I need to be. And he went back. He obviously, everybody knows the story. He fights Scar. He gets back. He rebuilds, you know, kingdom and all that but i think that moment that you share there right it's like confronting whatever it is that we've tucked away in the closet whatever we've brushed under the rug you know if you're not talking about something in your life that you've either done or are doing that thing is holding power complete power over you exactly and i love that i love that reminder you know because that's that's the exactly the story and then he claims his dharma his purpose yeah simba claims yeah and that's for us like a lot of the men I work with in Hindu philosophy, we're born into different um, dharma, different purpose. For a lot of, for my personal journey, a lot of the men I work with, we are what are called householders. Yep. So we're born into a life of marriage, mortgage, business, kids. 
we're not going to be professional surfers. We're not going to be, um, you know, amazing musicians. Yeah. And this is a tension for a lot of young men because, you know, we think that's, you know, where we're supposed to be. That's where freedom lives. But the truth is that the hero's journey for most of that householders is to fully be the father yeah, that you can be, fully be the husband, understand the masculine and feminine, learn how relationship. I, I listened to something recently where they were saying, you know, it's like we're not, we're not taught any of this. It's like we need a course on fatherhood, a course on relationship. or a, It's like, and so um, when you face the shadow and your biggest teacher will be your beloved and your children, absolutely. For those listeners who are in that environment, that's your biggest teacher because they're pressing you're not good enough. That's the shadow. And if you don't deal with it like Simba did, if you don't face it, shine the light, get support, become aware, the tools are there. And the only thing we're ever afraid of is the feelings, the emotions. It's the emotion. And I don't know anyone who's died from feelings. But we weren't taught. Feelings aren't facts. Emotions are just energy. There's no good or bad emotion. It's okay to feel your anger. It's never okay to dump it on somebody else. But as men, you know, one of the givebacks that I do, I work with high school boys, teaching them how to feel their feelings, feel your anger. You're going to be pissed off with the world. You're going to be pissed off with your teacher. So find a way to move it. Go to the gym. Get a punching bag. Go for a run. Have a scream. Go for a swim. Move, move, move. Yeah, and that's what we're afraid of, yeah, because we have repressed and suppressed, particularly our anger as men, yep, you know, we've repressed, suppressed, and then someone cuts us off in the traffic and we want to take their head off, yeah, because we haven't become emotionally resourced. We haven't learned how to regulate our feelings. And that's the shadow work again, being able to lean into that and realise that that's the work and it's, it's doable. The tools are there, the support's there. Yeah. I love that you said that for, for most men, their greatest calling is going to be being a father, you know, and that's, and that's what they're, they're, they're here for. And I want to circle back a little bit to maybe the story of Simba, because I think it's in that moment that it wasn't just the relationship with father Mufasa. It was a relationship with the father, right? Like the, the, the true meaning, the essence of father. Can you talk about the role that that plays in this journey, the role that the men must have not with the, maybe it is their, their father, but that the father, like the, 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 the presence of the father. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And we can come back to the physical father. But if you think about what the father represents is the divine masculine. Yeah. So in, in, you know, Christ and God, you know, is that's the divine masculine. Yeah. And then there's the divine feminine, which again is in us, in men and women, yet most men are more in their masculine. And how it works is that, if we don't embrace the qualities of the father, the divine masculine, yeah, which is all of the qualities of the, you know, fundamentally of being able to hold space, fundamentally of being able to take action, fund about contribution, about agency, about accountability, all of these are the aspects of the father, yeah. And the feminine is about the flow. The feminine is about collaboration and connection and those types of things. Yep, and what happens in the third dimension with our the representation of the father and our father is, and this is this is such a big issue in the Western world. You know, so many boys didn't have fathers who who weren't fathered, didn't have the tools to be a father. On the hero's journey, Frank, the fundamental thing is that the deepest desire of the father is forgiveness, and the deepest desire of the son is to be seen. Yeah, and that's the hero's journey, and it's an inner journey. Every young boy is wanting to be seen by their father, by the divine father, yeah. And, and again, it's coming from inside out. That's the journey. And, and every father wants to be forgiven for, you know, again, going back to Christ's teachings, forgive me. What role does man understanding his feminine side play in this journey? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so important to integrate the masculine and feminine. And we're seeing this in the political world, in the business world. You know, I work a lot with business leaders as well about how do I integrate the masculine and feminine. And so if you if you reflect, and on the hero's journey, there are five key initiations into our feminine. 
yeah, again, which we probably won't have time to go into now, these initiations, which are really taught these days, yet our relationship with the feminine and our relationship with our feminine, if you, if you think about it, so the feminine energy is everything that flows and everything that moves. It's like the ocean. It's moving. It's hot, cold, wild, constantly in movement. The masculine energy is that which presences the feminine. It's the consciousness that witnesses the feminine energy. So it's a little bit like the river is the feminine and the river banks is the masculine. Now, I work a lot with uh, business owners about flow states. And I've worked with elite athletes because flow states, which is a big conversation, as you know, particularly in the sporting world, we realize that people can get into this state of flow. Yeah, and in the sporting world, you talk to anybody, you know, elite athletes, they'll all say there's that place where I'm just in the zone. Yeah, I'm in the flow. I'm not thinking it's intuitive. And now there's more work about how do I bring that into business? Well, the truth is with the practices I teach, you can live in the flow state, but it's how much scaffolding, how much river banks do I need in my life as a man? And how do I let the feminine energy of me flow? How do I let those qualities flow? of collaboration, of connection, of caring. And you can have the busiest day in the world, but if you get that mix right, you're just in the zone, you will be so productive, you will be so uh, connected. Um, and that's where presence lives. As you know, it's a foundation of my teaching. Presence is the integration of the masculine and feminine. Yeah, I love that analogy that you gave there with the river and the riverbanks, the river being the feminine, the banks being the masculine. And you touched, I think you briefly pointed to it, you know, we kind of look across, you know, maybe the Western world, we kind of look across maybe, you know, even the political sphere, you know, I don't think that anybody would argue that there has been an attack on masculinity, that we've seen the feminization of men. And I think the result is what's happening is the feminine is running wild, right? There's not enough masculine riverbank keeping the ship moving in the direction it needs to be moving. The feminine energy is all still there. And that's where the chaos that we're seeing in the world, this is me just kind of thinking in real time here, right? Is like the chaos of the world is because there's not a strong masculine frame across the world, across society, across a country, across a home. It's like the feminine is still running, but a river without the bank is just, is just literally just water rushing in any chaotic direction. Is, would that be a, a, an accurate assessment of kind of like what we're experiencing in the world today? It's the lack of the masculine frame, the lack of the, the river bank. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a little bit like that. If you think about the masculine and feminine, there's the healthy and unhealthy, like everything. Yeah, there's the light and the dark, the shadow, yep. And so what we're seeing is that the unhealthy feminine energy is exactly what you're sharing. It's all of the flow without containment. And, and we've seen that, and we've seen a lot of guys who, who pushed against masculinity thinking the unhealthy masculinity was the only version of masculinity. So they pushed against it and then became more in their feminine energy, but they're collapsing. They're collapsing as men. They're distorting as men. They're not owning their masculine. They haven't got the riverbanks. Yep. And that's the dance we've seen. And we still see with a lot of sort of personal development work where men move into their feminine, but they don't have that riverbank. Yep. And it's so important. And what we're seeing, I think, as a society, and it's always challenging to generalise, is so the patriarchy is just the distorted masculine. Yep. So if you think about the healthy masculine and unhealthy masculine, the unhealthy masculine is all about power and control and power over as opposed to true power, which is empowering. So what we've seen through our political system, our business systems, if you look at the way businesses are set up, Frank, they're designed for war. They're a pyramid. There's a general manager. There's a chief executive officer. Yeah, we've taken this military framework and put it into business. And the distortion of that is it's so easy for power and control. It's the hierarchy. So we're seeing the collapse of that. We're seeing the collapse of that. Certainly the businesses I work with globally, we're seeing more and more businesses change that model. And so to your point, I think the pendulum has swung and it is about how do we get the river and the riverbanks for all of us. For the, for the women, it's how do I have enough scaffolding in my life? Yeah, for the men, how, how do I get more flow in my life? Yeah, that's great. Um, I love this slightly transition here and talk a little bit about maybe your journey, your, your story a little bit. I know you had a very successful, I think, legal career. 
Uh, and then how did you end up here in, 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 I mean, how do you go from, from, you know, lawyer <laughs> practice to, to this work? Like, can you, can yeah. you connect the dots there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think some of the milestones for me, so, you know, like a lot of our listeners, my parents separated when I was seven and, you know, my father left. I have a relationship with him, but he basically left and mum was a single yeah. mum. 15 for me when my parents separated. Yeah, so exactly. You know, and mum yeah. was, you know, like in a, in a social housing and, for me, she worked so hard, Frank, like so hard, three jobs to get me an education. And so when I finished school, I got enough grades and I said, what, it, what will I do? And she said, go and be an attorney. Yeah, and I kind of just scraped into college. And, you know, being a good son, yeah, that's where I started my, uh, my career. Interestingly, I, my wife and I have been together over 40 years. We met at school. So we were both at high school together. She became a teacher, I became a lawyer, and then we had children very young. So all of this time I was navigating without a father, what is it to be a man? What is it? What's my hero's journey? What is it to be a father? And so for the first 20 years, you know, I was looking after my family. I was a lawyer. I was practising, had a, had a couple of practices. We moved out of the big city corporate law into more regional law. And then, but always had done the personal development, the personal inquiry. And then when I was 40, 39, I got a business coach into my business, my legal practice. And um, after a couple of months, she said to me, you know, you're not that passionate about being a lawyer, are you? And I was like, mm. so she said, why don't you come and join me? Why don't you come and become a coach? And so she helped me sell my practice. And one of the things for me, Frank, I think my clients like globally is because I come from the business world, the commercial world, but I also have done a lot of personal and spiritual development. I can, I can straddle both. This is the hero's journey. It's the Western world. Like we're married. We've got mortgages. We've got businesses. But it doesn't mean we're not spiritual. It doesn't mean we're not being the best version. So that's kind of been, that's kind of been my sweet spot helping men around the globe. Yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to maybe zoom in a little bit here more on what that transition was like for you. I know we have so many men that are hearing this, right? You know, they follow that same path. They said, go to school, get the good job, support the family, buy the house, get the car, build the family. And then they wake up late thirties, early forties. And they're like, I've had the success. Bank account is full, right? You know, we had the dreams. We're doing the house, the car, the boats, the, the vacation, but it's like Monday morning rolls around. It's like, God, I got to do this again for the next five days. It's like, they, 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 they followed what they were told. They didn't follow their passion for you. Was there fear? There had to be fear in that moment, right? I'm leaving this highly successful career to embark on this journey that I don't know what it's going to kind of coach. Like, I don't know what, what year this was. I mean, coaching is a big business now, but I mean, you go back six, seven years, it wasn't, people weren't making a lot of money in this space. So what was that like for you? How were you processing that fear? How were you able to leave what you knew was secure to step into the unknown? Yeah, great question. And this was in 2000, 2001. Wow. Yeah, it's a so, long time yeah, ago. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say the key was absolute support from my wife. You know, like we, we talked it through many times and it was a big transition and a big risk. She, she was absolutely supportive um, because, yeah, we had four children, big mortgage, secure job, and – you know, I knew and I transitioned, I didn't, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I knew intuitively. And so two things I'd say to our listeners, one is, and I've done a podcast on it around purpose, um, and we might put it in the show notes for the listeners, because there is a, there's a toolkit on what purpose actually, how purpose reveals itself. And I was applying that toolkit at the time. The second is, it's, I would say to the listeners, it's not about leaving your career tomorrow. Remember, it's bringing joy to what you do. So when I work with a lot of guys, you know, they're resisting their current career, they're resisting their current business because of the illusion that I wanted to be a professional surfer or a professional musician or I'm not feeling free. And so do the work first or and the transition. You've got to start doing the work. How do I tap into joy in myself? Like you say, states of being. How do I really start doing a bit of the shadow work to connect with freedom within myself? And then these tools of manifestation around purpose, um, just a short summary, and this is what I did is there was fear. And as you know, as men, whenever we get to the edge of our comfort zone, fear is the reason most people pull back. 
and the dances between courage and conformity. So most guys stick with conformity. They don't have the courage to lean into their edge. Like you've done the last four or five years, you've been leaning into your edge, not radically, not foolishly, but honestly. And, and so for all of the listeners, if you don't feel your edge every day, you're not living. And so I lent into my edge. And then the simple tools are that, firstly, you've got to develop a daily practice. And what I teach is presence. All traditional cultures, anyone who's done martial arts, Qigong, yoga, any of the ancient cultures, they all had a daily practice, even five or ten minutes a day. Most successful men yeah, have a daily reflective practice. And reflection is just being honest with yourself. It can be prayer, it can be contemplation, meditation. But if you haven't cultivated that, if you haven't cultivated your relationship with yourself through reflection, Yep, and true discipline. Remember, true freedom comes from true discipline. You've got to have a daily practice. Otherwise, you're just looking outside yourself for the next career, the next purpose. If I leave this and become a coach, I'm going to be happy. Or if I become a, you know, whatever it is, it's an inside-out job, not an outside-in job. Do you think a lot of people are missing a mark with pursuing happiness? Like, is happiness a worthy goal for us to pursue? Or is it more going to be a byproduct of us showing up in joy, us pursuing passions. We're going to be happy sometimes. We're going to be sad. We're going to be angry. Are, are too many people missing the mark by setting the target at, I want to be happy? Yeah, yeah. It's a great point. Life isn't about being happy. Life is about being authentic. It is about mad, sad, glad, scared, all of the emotions, yeah, being authentic. What sits under the emotions, as you pointed out earlier, are the states of being. So the true states of being are joy, peace, and love. That's the platform from within which we experience happiness, we experience sadness, we experience anger. Whoever's up there, Frank, didn't just go, I'm going to give them emotions to mess with them. Like they're important tools to guide you. Your emotions are very, very important tools. Yeah. And we're sold that life's about being happy all the time. Good luck with that. I haven't met that person. Yeah. Some of the times I'm most happy is when I was sad the day before. It's like, cause I have something to contrast it to, right? Like if every day I woke up happy, be like, it, it, it would become just mundane. It's like, I need to experience sadness. Like I, you know, you lose somebody and then, and then you begin to kind of reflect on the life you had with them, the experiences, the moments, like those bring you moments of happiness, but it burst out of the grief, the sadness that it's that polarity of the spectrum of these emotions. Exactly. Yeah, it's the relativity. Cannot know joy without sadness. Yeah, well, you know, pleasure and pain, this third dimension. And, that, and yeah, we've been sold a different version of that instead of how do I embrace this human experience. This is the hero's journey. Again, the trials and tribulations for the hero. Slaying the dragon, yeah, it was the ability to deal with your shadow, and that's going to come with all these emotions. You said something right at the opening, and that's uh, for us our innate state is freedom. And I instantly thought of like a young child, right? So like just, just pure bliss and joy, just operating, like, like running out of the bedroom, just butt naked. It's like, they don't even care. It's like, look, you know, right. It's like just that moment of just like, ah, just real, real freedom, man. You know, I think, I think, I think Jesus says it somewhere in Matthew. I'm going to butcher the, 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 the true scripture, but I'm going to try a good job of summarizing it, that you will not experience the kingdom of God if you do not return to a childlike state or something in terms of that. Like there is a, there's a part in Matthew that he says, we must return to our childlike state in order to enter into the, the, the kingdom of God. Right. So can you talk about how a man can begun return back to the childhood say like, do you have a process or, or, or the things that we can kind of walk through to return us back to that youthful childlike state? Yeah. Beautiful question. And so again, if we just go back to the wake up, clean up, so the grow up is, this is the paradox. So as all of the rites of passage work, yeah. And I know there's a big movement in the U S there's a big movement in Australia where, because we weren't taken through rites of passage, traditional culture, it went from little boy to big boy from big boy to young man, from young man to adult, from adult to father, yeah, from father to mentor, from mentor to grandfather. These were all initiations. And so unless you've healthily initiated your journey, 
yep, done the wake up, clean up, and some of the grow up, yep, it's very difficult to then, the paradox is we return to our innocence. We return to that childlike state. On the hero's journey, the classic hero's journey, the fisher king, the wounded king, could only be healed by the fool. It was the innocence of Parsifal that healed the king. He was the only one that could take the wound out. And everyone led him into the court jester because he was this innocent, stupid fool, they thought, but he had all the wisdom. And, he, and the question he asked, and this is the real showing up question is, this is what healed the Fisher King. Yep, for whom does the grail serve? And that's when, we, that's when the king was healed and that's when Parsifal brought his gifts to the world, being of service as a man bringing our gifts to the world. Again, whatever that might be, helping at Little League, helping in our business, you know, conquering Everest. And so we've got to go through those rites of passage to reconnect with our innocence, to heal the wound of the king. Yeah. Let's talk about passion and purpose. And 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 and, and are they the same thing? Um, how are they, if they're not, how are they connected? And how can somebody find what their true purpose is? Well, the thing with passion is that the key and the work I do with men is how do I bring passion into all of my life? You know, you think about life, Frank. Think about for most of our listeners in the Western world, you know, like I know there's been trauma. I know that there's, you know, cost of living expenses and things. But at some level, we are abundant. At some level, there's an opportunity to be grateful for what we have instead of what we don't have. And again, it's like bringing joy to what you do. If you can bring passion, and one of the practices I teach in, in traditional cultures, passion and purpose live energetically. There's a vertical line, the vertical core or the parik line or the shushumni, yep, which is where our vibration, going back to the law of resonance, going back to Nikola Tesla. And so you can dial in. It's like an FM station, Frank, this vertical core, which literally comes down through your crown, through the midline of your body, down to the ground. It's like your FM station. Each morning you get to dial in, yep, to potential FM, gloomy FM, fearful Frank FM, joyful Frank FM, passionate Frank FM. And, again, this is the daily practice. So you can dial into passion in every moment with the tools and the awareness. The thing with purpose, the two keys with purpose, it's firstly about living a purpose-driven life. A lot of people think purpose is something outside of me that I'm going to find. But firstly, am I living a purpose-driven life? Am I, am I contributing each day? Yeah. Am I making a contribution to my family, to my work, to the, my community? Yeah. Am I listening to my, my, my intuition? Am I listening to my heart? Am I asking questions? Is this a purpose-driven life or am I on autopilot? Am I just letting my subconscious mind run the show? The second key piece with purpose is, yeah, there's, for men on the hero's journey, there's purpose within purpose within purpose. So your true deepest purpose will reveal itself, but it'll be a journey. And for a lot of the listeners, your purpose at the moment is to lean in and embrace your families and your fatherhood. That's your purpose. Bring passion and joy to that. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't have time with your friends. It doesn't mean you don't play guitar and, and goof off with your mates. But that's your primary purpose. Then live a, live a purpose-led life. Listen. Do your practice. Follow the energy. Open your heart. Meet people. See what shows up. Opportunities will show up. This is what happened to me when I transitioned out of law. I didn't plan for a business coach to come in and invite me to become a coach. But I was doing the practice. And every moment, as best I could remember, Frank, I showed up with an open heart to whoever was in front of me. And they would say, have you thought about this? Have you read this book? Would you like to meet this person? Yeah. Then I, you know, the way I found the business coach was through two other people and they were totally not connected. And then she came into my life and said, would you like to become a coach? I hadn't planned to become a coach but I was doing the work and my intention was to be the best version of myself. I love that. And, 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 and really what's, what's, what's jumping out to me is a lot of this living a purpose-driven life sounds like it's rooted in effective leading, 
like our ability to be a father, successful father is going to be rooted in an element of being able to lead, right? So what is it that a, 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 a lot of guys have wrong when they're either thinking about or approaching leadership? Yeah, beautiful. Love these questions. Yeah. So the key to leadership for all the listeners, whether you're running a billion dollar business or you're running your local mechanics practice yeah, uh, business is the two keys is connection and direction. That's the key, the feminine and the masculine. So connection. So as a leader, am I connected with my team? Am I really connected with my children? Am I connected with myself? Am I connected with my beloved? Because if there's no connection, no one's going to follow. Yeah, connection starts from the inside out. Yeah, but it's how, am I, how often do I connect with my team? And direction, relationships are really, really simple. Communicate your expectations and have them met. But your expectations change all the time. You think about you and your partner, yeah? yeah? So when you got together, if she said, here are my expectations for the next 40 years, can you please meet them? How about that? <laughs> it's like it doesn't quite work that way. And so expectations as a leader, you've got to communicate your expectations and listen to your children, listen to your beloved, listen to yourself, listen to your team. If you're connected and there's direction, most people that work in organizations, one of the fundamental things they want to know is just tell me what you expect of me. Just tell me because the goalpost keeps shifting because leaders think they're too busy to connect. You, know, you think of this busy world, nobody's present. No one's taking time to connect and be present with themselves and connect. You know, 70% of communication is mopping up miscommunication. Yeah, well, I mean, I think most, you know, most disappointment is, is rooted in just lack of effective expectations, right? You know, somebody's disappointed that you didn't do the certain thing. Well, they never said that. They never communicated that they were expecting certain thing to be done. Babe, you didn't, you know, you didn't put the dishes away. It wasn't something I was expecting to do. It wasn't something I thought that was expected of me. Babe, why don't we go on date night, you know, for, for the past month? I, I didn't know that you were expecting me to, to book the date night. You know, it's like, those are probably not the best examples, but I think, you know, what the point I'm trying to drive here is expectations got to be clearly communicated. And it's not just the communication once. It's like, there's got to be a repeatable, you know, check and process. If you run a team, an organization, you have regular meetings. You know, we talked about reflection with ourselves. We're having regular check-ins with ourselves. When it comes to our partners in life, our beloved, using, using your term here, it's like we gotta have these regular communications. Are we checking in on a weekly basis? What are the expectations for the next seven days? Who's picking up the kids? Who's, you know, who's going to the groceries? Who's doing the dishes? Who's doing the laundry? Like the clear and outlined expectations will minimize the letdown, the, the disappointment. Exactly, exactly. Particularly from that place of connection and genuine, you know, love. Like, yeah, I wanna get clear, I wanna understand. So the direction piece is the masculine. The masculine is all about agency and strategy yeah? and the connection piece is the feminine. It's all about um, uh, collaboration and community. And that's the key. Absolutely incredible, man. Um, I want to get, you know, maybe, maybe tactical here as we kind of, kind of wrap it up. Uh, you know, for the guy out there, maybe, you know, he's, he's feeling some resistance in his life right now. Maybe he's a little bit stuck, you know, maybe he's had that wake up, but he's like, not sure what the next move is going to be. You know, what's one, two thing that a guy hearing this right now that is trying to break through, that is trying to get unstuck. What's the best piece of advice? What's the first thing that he needs to do after hearing this conversation? Yeah, it's a great question and it's tricky to narrow down. You know, what comes to me is, again, just to circle back, it's, it's almost like, is there another man that you can talk to? Is there another brother who you just feel safe enough or, you know, you've seen who you can just ask that question that you've just asked, you know, because a lot of the work is, if you ask the question to the right person, they'll be able to give you that guidance. And and failing that, just get into nature and take a take a notepad and just start reflecting. Start, uh, you know, put it put the consciousness on loudspeaker and just reflect. I wasn't expecting to ask you this, but but this it, it sparked me with what your answer was just there. You know, Tony Robbins says the quality of your life is going to be dictated by the quality of your questions. You know, the question you ask yourself, the question that you ask others. I speak with dozens of men on a weekly basis and 90% of them ask me the same five poor questions. And I'm like, you're not breaking through in life because you're not asking the necessary questions. Have you experienced that most guys 
don't know the right questions or aren't asking great questions? Mm, yeah, it's a good reminder. Yeah, and, and most of the questions we ask are in the negative, they're closed. Yeah, instead of the possibility, the open question, yeah, how can I be the best version of myself? What, what, what are my blocks? Those things, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm a big fan of some sort of journaling um, and, you know, that's just a notepad and a pen only because you're starting to build a relationship. Yeah, that's right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And there are different contexts to it, but you're starting to unpack that train of thought and you'll start to see the questions that you're asking yourself yeah, and see whether are they negative, are they limited? You know, why am I not good enough? Why am I the poor guy who never gets the girl? Why am I not have enough money? They're, they aren't the questions. That the, the bigger questions are how can I be the best version of myself? What is in the way of me receiving abundance? So, yeah, great reminder. Yeah. Um, Bodhi, this has been incredible. I want to drive it home here. Uh, we'll wrap it up with our last question here in a minute. But uh, tell the guys where they can connect with you. Um, you know, if they're interested in maybe exploring some of your other work, we are going to get that purpose podcast link down in the show notes. So you and I will, will, will touch base offline here, make sure I get that link, but we'll have some things linked down there for the show notes, but where can guys find more about you? You mentioned a podcast here that you recently launched the true freedom podcast, tell the guys the best place to find you and maybe what you're excited about upcoming here is we're, you know, we're approaching 2024. We've got a whole year, 12 months. What's exciting and in, in, in on the front for you and in, in, in the next coming 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're giving a free giveaway as well. We're giving the, video series on how to create presence and flow. So www.bodiealdridge forward slash um, freedom and flow. It's a, a short video series I've put together for the listeners so they can start doing some practices, start exploring this for themselves. And for me, it's interesting moving into 2024. What I noticed in the US recently, there's been a summit that I um, about the, the crisis of men and boys in the US and it's it's interesting I, I got to participate and listening to what's going on there you know how many young men you know fathers haven't got the tools so for me what I'm feeling is a real calling Frank you know and if I really lean into being of service my mantra yeah I'm 61 and my mantra is don't die with the music in you so my calling to all your listeners is don't die with the music in you guys Come play, come play, be the best version of yourself. Come, come. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the Pied Piper for my community and find your community. Like, you know, we've got so much music to play as men, so much to give our children, our beloved. Let's do it. God, that language you're using there is so important and so key. Play, play, play. Return back to the childlike state. Enter back into the kingdom of God. Return back to your natural state of true freedom it can only be done through the act of play. Boom. That's how we're ending it. Mic drop. It. That's it. Woo. Let's go. Bodhi, brother, last question here. We end every single episode with the same and final question. Obviously, the title of our show is called The Superman Life. And for me, we're 230 episodes deep at this point. I've had four, almost five years of really understanding what living a superman life means to me. And here's my short description, right? Is I do believe we're all put here for a purpose. There's a calling on each and every single one of our lives. And I think most of our listeners would agree with that statement. Most people understand that this, this life is more than just what we see and experience, that there's a calling, something we're supposed to be doing. I think a lot of people stop there though. They're like, yeah, there's a purpose for me. God's going to help me fulfill it. It's going to kind of unpack itself. I think it becomes superhuman when you're intentional about the development of those God-given skills, the unique things about you that are tied to that purpose and then bringing it to service of others throughout the world. That's how I define living a super in life. But I'd love to get the guest take. So Bodie Aldridge, as we end today's conversation, how would you define living a superhuman life? Yeah, beautiful. So if you imagine the world is an orchestra and this orchestra is constantly playing and there is one note that is you. Yeah, to live a superhuman life, just play that note beautifully, divinely, innocently, lovingly. Just play your note in the orchestra. Beautiful, man. I'm so glad we got connected. I feel just a deeper connection than just two dudes having a conversation. Um, so honored to have been connected with you. So grateful to share you with the audience here, guys. Make sure to connect with Bodie. We'll link down the podcast. We'll link down the free video training. Guys, and if you got value out of this conversation, you can continue to support us. We've seen tremendous growth here over the last few months. I mean, we're cracking the top 100 every single week on Apple which is no small feat. We're talking millions of podcasts in the U.S. We are in the top 100, guys, and it's all because 
of you. So if you want to continue to see us rise so we can bring on more guests of Bodhi's Quality, share this show with as many people as you possibly can. And if you haven't done so yet, head over to Apple, leave us a five-star rating and written review. But for the man himself, Bodie Aldridge, your host, Coach Frank Rich here. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.